course, the house is a, a buzz of activity because we're recording on a Saturday morning. Um, yep. uh, the Saturday before Valentine's Day. And we've decided that the, the title of this episode is The Darkest Side of the Moon because we wanted to do <laughs> a paranormal, um, unexplained phenomenon uh, version of the Fedora Chronicles radio show. This episode is dedicated to Deanna Eiding because she had said that she's dying to hear a paranormal episode. She said, I would seriously love more podcasts about this kind of stuff. She, I am so tired of the politics and the virus and Biden or give me something else. So we're giving you something else. <laughs> Even though there's great news coming out about lab leak hypothesis, we're going to save that for another another episode. We just wanted to just talk about all the unusual stuff that's been occurring in the news lately that the mainstream media has been passing over or just forgetting or not even covering. I forgot to tell everybody who they're listening to. Yeah, well, you know, I, I thought you were going to like record a bumper later because sometimes you do that. Sometimes I and do I, that. Now realizing that when you do that, it's because you forgot to say it while we're in right. doing it, the recording. So. so on the other side of the desk and on the other side of the country is my good friend Jason Cousineau, who has this amazing project that he's working on. I don't know if we want to talk about it now. We will. We want to talk, introduce it to the rest of the world when we're closer to being ready. I, I don't know. It's it's up to you. Yeah, let's 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 talk about it um, next time. Okay, next time we record, and because we're putting the final touches on everything legally and stuff. So. Right, right, and uh, so he's Jason Cousineau, and I'm Eric Fisk, who's responsible for this entire mess and disaster, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh i mean not to not to put too fine of a point on it but yeah yeah it's all your fault oh <laughs> uh, it's definitely it's definitely all my fault eerie nasa photo shows intense training for dark moon missions there's little light in the lunar south pole this is from mark kaufman published february 5th 2022 when nasa Ooh. when nasa oh, wait a minute what? hold on <clears throat> Where's the link? I thought you sent me the link. I don't see the link. It's, the it, link? Well, it's on our group page. See, the thing is, is like if you were a member of our group, you, you would see these things. I am a member of the group. That I know. I'm teasing. <laughs> there we go. Don't confuse me, man. I haven't had enough rum today. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? When oh, here it goes. Here it goes. When NASA's it. astronauts next visit the moon, it'll be a dark and shadowy expedition. The Space Agency's renewed moon ambitions is a mission called Artemis, aimed to bring astronauts back to the well-cratered satellite later this decade. They will land in the South Pole, a place where the sun barely rises over the lunar hills. It's a world of profound long shadows and dim... What the hell is that word? Envisions? Environs? What the... Environs. Environs. It's a... Uh... It's like a shortened form of environment. It basically means the same thing. Plural. Surroundings. Yeah. This, it's, it's the plural of environment. Well, you learn something new every week on the Fedora Chronicles radio show. NASA is preparing. And sometimes it's about something practical like grammar. That's right. <laughs> NASA is preparing. Cater to all kinds. Yeah. NASA is preparing to train its future moon 
explorers in these eerie conditions. This week, the Johnson Space Center released an image of NASA divers simulating what astronauts will experience in the South Pole of the moon. Not our South Pole, the lunar South Pole. The training is happening in the agency's Neural Neutral Buoyancy Laboratory in Houston, a large pool. It's 40 feet deep, designed to simulate conditions in lower gravity. So, this terrifies the hell out of me. There's a picture of these astronauts in the dark, practically. Yeah. In this pool that's 40 feet deep, and it looks like it's covered with, like, sand or dirt or gravel or something like that. Yeah, it looks like to duplicate what they're going to be walking on on the moon, I guess. So the question for a lot of people is, is that, well, why would you want to go to the lunar South Pole? And of course, obviously, I don't know the 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 answer. I think the appropriate answer is why not? Well, exactly. You know, why? I mean, why not? First of all, um, if I, I remember correctly, Aren't the the poles of the moon less cratered than the rest of the moon? Yes, I believe so. So just for scientific reasons, you go there to take measurements and find out what the fuck. Or as as I like to say with some of my friends locally, Virtufirk. Yep. You know, find out what's going on. Why is it is there does the moon have like a um electromagnetic field surrounding it like the earth does? And if so is the nature of that field something that it's strongest at the poles? So therefore, that's where they're not, you know, that's where the meteors are being directed away from. However, it's too weak to really prevent it from hitting the entire sphere. We don't know. All we know is, is for whatever reason, they're not getting. It's not getting hit at the poles. So that's just one reason why you would want to go to the poles. That's one reason. And also, apparently, there's an overabundance of water that's supposed to be in the lunar South Pole because there's not enough sun to evaporate it all away. If there's anywhere, right. if there's anywhere to find water anywhere on the moon, it's probably going to be on the poles or buried deep, deep underground on, underneath the lunar surface. Now... Being purely conspiratorial, <laughs> there is a book that was published a couple of years ago, 1976, and the book is called mm-hmm. Someone Else is on the Moon by George H. Leonard, and according to Google Books, I'm just going to read this, few people have noticed the secret code words used by astronauts to describe the moon. Until now, few knew about the strange moving lights they reported. George H. Leonard, former NASA scientist, fought through the official veil of secrecy and studied thousands of NASA photographs, spoke candidly with dozens of NASA officials, and listened to hours and astro- hours of astronaut tapes. Here, Leonard presents the stunning and inescapable evidence discovered during his in-depth investigations. Immense mechanical rigs, some of them over a mile long, working the lunar surface. Strange geometric ground markings and symbols. Lunar construction several times higher than anything built on Earth. Vehicles, tracks, towers, pipes, conduits, conveyor belts running in and across the moon craters. Someone else is indeed on the moon and engaged in activities on a massive scale. 
our space agencies and many of the world's top scientists have known for years that there is intelligent life on the moon, an extremely convincing case the moon has life on it, an intelligent race that probably moved in from outside the solar system. UFO reports Leonard's photos are truly mind-boggling. This is from Publishers Weekly. And I have a copy of this, of this book. And there, mm-hmm. are, there are strange lunar artifacts on the moon that defy explanations. Now, one easy explanation, I guess, is that there are photographic anomalies. Like, have you ever, like, taken a picture of something and you look at the picture later and because it's, like, weird and grainy and fuzzy... It, it doesn't look right and you see things that like it that kind of like aren't there like another like a right fo- artifacts right strange artifacts. artifacts of the picture too. and it's, there's a name for it it's like you know it's like how it's like you see um things that aren't there like you see the virgin mary in um a slice of toast or you right. see the face of jesus in a puff of smoke um another thing that we were talking about earlier this week were um, alien figure watching Mars rover, 100% proof of life, UFO sighting news. And somebody had pointed out on this picture, it just looks like an alien laying down, resting its head on the, you know, on, on, on its elbows, like propped up his head with his, with his hand. Um, sort of like a beach photo. And it's like this little tiny, tiny alien watching <laughs> the lunar probe. And it's like, you look at it, and it's like the way that it's reported, yeah, that you could kind of see an alien laying down on the rock, you know, sunning itself, watching the, or it could just be another rock. Right. Well, it's also part of that, what feeds into some of that is our minds are geared to seeing people, right? So, which is why, like, you can see a face in an outlet plug. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's, there's a word for that too, that I'm forgetting the name of. So it's very likely something similar to that. However, then you get other weird things, and this could be an artifact of the, the digital um, resolution, right, of cameras, because all of the cameras that are currently on the moon, specifically speaking the, uh, towards the, the Chinese rover, they saw a block. They see a, like, cube-shaped object off in the distance and chances are it's just pixelated yeah china's u22 rover spots cubed shaped mystery hut on the far side of the moon and this was on space.com the author of this article is andrew jones and this again was published on december 5th 2021 um it's likely a large boulder excavated by a ancient lunar impact and you look at it and it 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 looks like now we were told that this thing is like meters tall this is like supposed to be this large object that's off in the horizon Mm -hmm. uh china's u22 rover has spotted a mystery object on the horizon while working its way across the von karman crater on the far side of the moon U-22 spotted a cube-shaped object on the horizon to the north and roughly 260 feet away in November during its 26th lunar day, according to 
a U2-2 diary published on Our Space, a Chinese <laughs> language outreach channel affiliated with the China's National Space Administration. Our Space referred to the object as a mystery hut, but th this is a placeholder name rather than an accurate description. And <laughs> and the thing is that it was just like you 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 go to this this link and well you can't read it because um it's all written in Chinese and unless of course you can like read Chinese you can hit Google Translate why sure right because that's always got such a great track record of translation and of course the entire internet paranormal community went crazy because we think that maybe this is one of those artifacts. And if NASA isn't going to explore these artifacts, then some other country will. And of course, we're all excited about looking at it. And then when it gets closer, it's looking down on a rock, like it's a small rock. Right. How is it that this thing is supposed to be meters tall and meters wide? And then when they get up and up and close to it, it's just a small rock that they're looking at, that it's looking down on. And it's a cute rabbit shaped. I guess you if you if you look at it right, it looks like a rabbit. Yeah, I guess maybe. Uh, well, this is why we have these conspiracy theories, right? Because they tell you something and then they go up to it and say, "Oh, I'm sorry. We thought it was like 4 meters tall for reference. Darth Vader is 2 meters tall." Right. So we thought it was 4 or 5 meters tall, but it turns out it's only this like 17 centimeter by 14 centimeter inch cube well which is that it? we saw seven miles away on the horizon of the moon <laughs> right well and that's why we have these conspiracy theories because you're telling us one thing that makes sense and then you show us something else and say no it was actually this and it doesn't make sense well and that's why we're like well, no. I'm just going to read this. This now, if if the translation sounds weird and awkward, it's not because of my speech impediment or, or my reading disability. It's because it's translated by AI from Google from a Chinese website into English. During the expedition over the mountains and mountains in the afternoon of the moon day, the pilots did not forget to take a look at the scenery. They controlled the you two, two, <laughs> to take pictures of the surrounding skyline. This is the first time that you two, two, looked up and looked around after in the moon fell. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm reading this verbatim. <laughs> Under the dark and deep sky, a circle twisting and winding mountain stood on the extension line of the sky of the moon. On the other hand, people cannot help but admire the ingenious workmanship of the universe. The driver zoomed in on one of the pictures and slowly appreciated them one by one. Somebody set them up the bomb. Suddenly, <laughs> an abrupt cube on the northern skyline caught their attention. This object pierced the meandering of the skyline as it is a, quote, mysterious hut, unquote, appeared out of thin air with a large juvenile impact crater lying beside it. it, it I love Google Translate. It, it is a home built by aliens after crash landing or the pioneer spacecraft of a previous lunar exploration. That other bit, could that have been a, a somebody else's lunar lander 
from ages ago? Well, all right, here we go. Here we go. This is this is where I put on my conspiracy theorist hat. The re- main reason why we don't know of any previous civilizations that may or may not have reached the level of technology that we have reached is because everything fucking deteriorates on Earth right. in the atmosphere due to erosion, stuff like that. Thanks to All weather. of these people who are like, where's the evidence of people being able to forge metals as well as we did? Well, have you ever seen a car left out in a field for 30 years? The rubber deteriorates. Everything in the car, including the car itself, deteriorates. Everything breaks and down. And turns into, after, 30, after three or four decades... It turns into this giant rust pot. And in another three or four decades, less than 100 years, it's going to be pretty much just fucking dust, right? Exactly. However, comma, those things do not exist on the moon. Erosion is much, 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 much slower on the moon. There ergo like there's no atmosphere and all that kind of stuff so those are the things that cause those erosions so if there was a previous civilization on earth that did reach the capacity to re- to explore the satellite that we have our natural satellite the moon we may run into evidence of that and that would be the most compelling argument that our archaeologists are completely ignorant of our true history on this earth like the Graham Hancock, you know, famous phrase of we are a species with amnesia. Could you imagine if this w- if they get up there and they find out that this is actually like a lunar outpost from hundreds of thousands of years ago that was launched from the Earth and they find, I don't know, ancient Assyrian like symbols or whatever, like the the some of the pictographs of uh, Rogu Rogu or Rongu Rongu, I think it is, excuse me, the, the language that they used on Easter Island or they found that piece of wood on Easter Island with that language on it. Yeah. If they find something like that, are they going to say anything? Well, let me finish this little bit from this Chinese website. Right. The pilots okay. told the scientists about the discovery and they could not wait to zoom in on the image looked at the, quote, mysterious cabin, unquote, far in the sky and began to let their imaginations fly and immediately called the pilot. This thing is so interesting. Let's go. Let's find out. After measurement, the mysterious hut on the horizon is about 80 meters away from the current location and is expected to reach the destination after two or three months of trekking. We have no way of knowing what the end of the universe is, But what is the end of the sky is worth looking forward to in the next few months. Interested readers can wait patiently (laughs) and squat for a follow-up. Squat for a follow-up. God, I love Google Translate. (laughs) Makes it sound like you're sitting on the toilet. (sighs) Hurry up. You're using your squatty potty while you're waiting to find out what this inf- <laughs> what this image is. And it was supposed, huh? Go ahead. It was supposed to take them months for this to get there. Okay. A couple right. of couple of weeks later, they post a picture of the probe looking down at this rock. Space.com publishes this. Moon Mystery Hut is just a rabbit-shaped rock. Chinese rover finds, 
Three years into the mission, U-2-2 is still finding mysteries on the moon. China's U-2-2 <laughs> rover has reached the so-called mystery rock on the far side of the moon and attracted widespread attention last month. But don't get too excited. After driving for nearly two lunar days, lasting around two weeks on Earth and separated by a two-week night, the solar-powered U-2-2 got close enough to get a closer image of the object. The new image published by Our Space, a Chinese language science research channel affiliated with the China National Space Administration, reveal a small, a small rock near the rim of a crater with U-2-2 drive team describing it as Jade Rabbit for it its resemblance to a rabbit about to eat. Jade Rabbit is a figure from Chinese mythology that lives on the moon with change E. A, the oh, I can kind of see it. You yeah, can, can I, can I? Yeah, I can, I can kind of see how they say that. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Wasn't this supposed to, wasn't it supposed to take months for it to get there? Wasn't Eric, it? What? Huh? Eric, Huh? And I have spoken about this in the past. Why are you using logic? <laughs> we've spoke to, we've had discussions about this in the past. <laughs> See, now I feel a little dumb on my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're dealing with conspiracies, man. Of course, they're going to go, they're going to see a four meter tall hut that looks like it's seven miles away, travel one mile, see a rock and say, oh, this must be it. Yeah. Because we're clearly not seeing that thing on the horizon anymore. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, seriously, I, I, I don't, I, I honestly don't know what to make of this. Well, this, again, this is why we have conspiracy theories, right? It's Two months to get there. Four days later. Here it is. Yeah. So should I not believe what you said earlier? Should I not believe what you're saying now? Because I have to not believe one of them. Uh, Let's also address the the elephant in the room. There's probably something lost in the translation. Were they saying that it was going to... Like what they said, like it, it only... Are they saying that it only took a couple of lunar days and a couple of lunar days is a, is, is a, is a month to us, which here on earth, like a, like well, a, a lunar day. If I, I mean, in, you probably know more about this off the top of your head than I do, but a lunar day is like 26 days. It takes 26 earth days for the moon to rotate once. Right. Right. That's why we only ever see from the earth yeah. one side of the moon, because it takes as long for the moon to circle the earth as it does to rotate on its axis. Okay, so that's 27, 28 days, whatever the hell it is, right? So for the Google translation to be that inaccurate, somehow Google thought day meant lunar day, mm-hmm. right? So if they meant two days and then they travel two days and see it, okay, that's fine. But then again, they can call it Jade Rabbit, and I can see how with pixel pixelation of the digital cameras that yep. a rock like that could look like a cube from a great distance. But how big is it? You told us that it's, you know, a couple of meters tall. This rock, we have no frame of reference for it. Is this rock two and a half meters tall? Because 
as you mentioned, it looks like we're looking kind of at a downward angle to it. And as far as I understand, the Ututu is just like not more than two meters tall. So how is it looking down on it? You know, we need more information. There's something about this that seems misleading. If they go up to it and they say, okay, you know, we are sitting on the crest of a hill and we're looking down at this object. And from this distance, the meet, the object is 2.7 meters tall by 4.7 meters wide or whatever. Okay. And I can see how with pixelization, that's how this works. Okay. That all now checks logical boxes for me. But we're lacking all of that other supporting information. So did they run out of letters on Twitter? I don't know. Well, here's the thing, and I wanted to clear this up for you because I, d- I had to double check this. This is from Wikipedia, and you just look up lunar okay. day. A lunar day is a period of time for Earth's moon to complete one rotation on its axis with respect to the sun. Due to tidal locking, it is the time the moon takes to complete one orbit around the Earth, Earth rise to Earth set, plus about... 2.2 more Earth days to return to the same moon phase due to the moon's orbit around the sun. A lunar day is roughly 29 and a half Earth days, the length of a lunar month, the time of which includes a full one-day cycle. So a, a, a day on the moon, as we're talking about like the, the, the sun going, you know, sunrise, sunset, it's... Mm-hmm. It's uh, about a month. So right. I, so I, something may be lost in the translation, but there's a part of me that wants to believe that they are actually looking at these strange alien artifacts that are on the moon as described in this book. Someone else is on the moon. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. What would happen to society if they if we had said there's a. NASA had a press conference or with Joe Biden says, ladies and gentlemen, we have undeniable proof that somebody else had had been or is on the moon right now. There there is or was evidence of another civilization that has in the past or is occupying the moon. Now, what would that do to society? How how would that make you feel? And and how would that uh, well, first of all, you're going to automatically have the people on the opposite side of the political aisle as the current administration casting doubt on it, right? So you're going to have automatically about a third of the population of the United States saying this is a lie, right? So that's one thing. The other thing as far as how's that, how would that affect me? Right. I don't know. I think because of my mindset already, I'd be like, I fucking knew it. Right. You know what I mean? That would just seem to it would seem to verify a lot of um the things that I'd thought in the past. You know what I mean? So I would I think would be okay with it. I think I would be I would be willing to accept that as um yeah, that's what's going on kind of a thing. You know? Cuz it would confirm things that I th- that I already think this is an article that was on space.com and it was published back in April 14th, 2021. So it's not quite yet a a year old. 
alien hunters should search for artifacts on the moon, study suggests. Just like Jay was saying earlier, artifacts last longer than signals and may be cheaper for alien civilizations to send out. I think that's an awkward sentence, but okay with it. The famous equation used for the search for alien civilization has now inspired a new formula to hunt for alien artifacts within our solar system. The quest for these alien artifacts could start with the moon and other cosmic bodies near Earth, a study finds. The Drake equation is used to estimate the number of civilizations in the Milky Way one can detect via their broadcast signals, or more simply put, the odds of finding intelligent life in our galaxy. First proposed by radio astronomer Frank Drake in 1961, the equation calculates the number of communicating civilizations by analyzing several variables such as the rate of formation of stars suitable for the development of intelligent life and the number of planets per stellar system with environments to sustainable life. The article goes on to talk about, you know, SETI and we're looking for all of these all of these signals, but it's been like what almost maybe 30, 40 years and we haven't found any. We haven't found any yeah. any signals. How long has SETI been operating? Uh, let's find out. No, that search didn't yield the results. Let's change this. How old is... Because I did how old is SETI, and apparently uh, SETI is like the uh, one of the rulers of Egypt. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. that's, that's a kind of odd kind of... <laughs> Extraterrestrial is a really long word. Isn't it, though? It's almost like it's conspiracy to keep people from looking up. It's too much to type. Here we go. According to Wikipedia, uh, as a collective term and focused international efforts have been going on since the 1980s, but it began shortly after the advent of radio in the early 1900s. So when we say SETI, like we tend to think of the um, the community, the SETI community, and I, I believe that started in SETI at home. Uh, uh, looks like May of ninety nine. I thought it was longer than that. I thought that SETI was actually up and running in the late eighties because I remember when my dad took me to uh, meet. Paul Horowitz, who was one of the, one of the people who was running um, SETI, was it MIT? Right, well, right. Well, there's that's SETI at home, so that's the that's oh, the part oh, of okay. the SETI yep. project that was using where like people would donate their computers when they're not using them to allow them to use the computer. Right. That's power. that that's SETI screensaver. Right. Exactly. So that's then, but. Focused international efforts have been going on since the 1980s. It's, there's no, it looks like at least according to the Wikipedia any, anyway, when we say SETI, we think of it as an organization, but it's not really a set organization kind of a thing. So something like that, maybe? Something like that. But the thing is, is that the gist, the rest of this article, and I'm going to just jump ahead to a couple of paragraphs here. Benford suggests first analyzing lunar images for signs of, a, of extraterrestrial probes. 
He noted, the, noted that NASA's Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter has taken about 2 million photos on the moon since 2009, with resolution down to about a foot, or 0.3 meters. You can see Neil Armstrong's footprints on the moon in some of these photos. There are only a handful of these images that have been inspected by human eyes. We need to use AI, artificial intelligence software, to look, at, look for structures, for signs of artificiality, which could benefit sciences on Earth, such as archaeology. Bedford also suggests looking for alien artifacts located near other bodies near the Earth. These included Earth's Trojan objects, bodies located at points in space where the Earth and the Sun's gravitational pull balance out, and Earth's co-orbital objects, those sharing Earth's zone around the Sun. China is planning a mission, Z-He, these names crack me up, to one of these so-called co-orbital objects, 2016 H. for launch in 2024. It's going to come within 10 times Earth's distance from the moon. Benford would not suggest looking on Earth itself. This gets back to Jay's earlier point. If an artifact has been here a long time, it's been subject to the weather, damage, theft, or decay due to the elements, Benford said. Over hundreds or thousands of millions of years, they're likely not really discoverable. Somewhere somewhere as someplace like the moon that could still be there. So this gets back to our original point about the darkest side of the moon and these astronauts training to explore the darkest side of the moon or the darkest part of the moon, meaning the, the, the South pole huge conspiracy theory speculation here. Mm. Okay, all of these articles sort of have come out within the past year or so saying we should be taking a much more serious look at the moon. We should be looking at the moon as a resource for ancient alien archaeology. And by me saying that, I know it sounds crazy. Well, it does, but it doesn't because as what is this guy, Benford? Um I'm looking for as he his, says, though, James Benford, if an ancient civilization that we are unaware of was able to reach the moon, the evidence is going to be on the moon, not on Earth. You know, I mean, they say that plastics take thousands of years to to, to get um, dissolved. But still, when you're talking hundreds of thousands of years or millions of years, yes, plastics are going to be gone by then. There will be in 100,000 years, there will be no trace of our civilization other than Mount Rushmore, assuming Mount Rushmore doesn't get eroded in that time frame. And Mount Rushmore is less likely to get eroded in that time frame than, say, the Washington Monument. All traces of our civilization, if something were to happen and our civilization were to collapse, would be gone within 50,000 years except for Mount Rushmore. So it's not really that surprising that the only place we're going to find any evidence of those things is if they reach the moon and we find them on the moon. Yeah. Every single one of our satellites that we have surrounding the Earth, the thousands and thousands of satellites going around the Earth, their orbits are going to decay in less than 100 years. And they're either going to crash on the Earth in which case they're going to erode over time or 
they're going to be flung outside of the Earth's orbit and reach the far reaches of space where we're not going to be able to find them. That's kind of scary. Oh, there's another theory as well. I'm just going to interject here that yep. over the course of the next couple of years, they may all the space debris may coalesce and form a ring <laughs> around Earth. And you, you'll you'll have this debris field between us and the moon that would make it harder to get there. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, um, well, I mean, that's you, a possibility. That's, that's a wonderful theory. But again, that would happen within 100 years and it would decay within 100 more. We do not have perfect orbits around the Earth. None of our artificial satellites have a perfect orbit that's going to be maintained in perpetuity indefinitely. None of them do. Because a miscalculation going out to a thousand decimal points is going to increase over time. And within a hundred years, it's going to be enough that that perfect orbit is going to result in it being either flung away from the Earth or fall to the Earth. And the same is going to hold true from previous previous civilizations on the Earth. Unless they did something and landed something on the moon, like, for example, our lunar landers that are currently on the moon now are more likely to last on the moon than anything we've built on Earth is likely to last on the Earth. It's kind of funny because as as you're talking and I'm just doing the, doing this search and I'm just going over the so, other show notes that I have on this topic, mm-hmm. I, I also stumbled across another article that was published on Harvard's uh, website. Um, I'm debating about whether or not do I want to do I want to send you the link to this? This is this is not a new theory. This is not anything new that has been that that. This has been an idea that's been tossed around for at least the last 25 years. Oh, because it's logical and makes sense. I do that on occasion. Because there are, there are also um, students and professors back in Harvard who are actually having, passing along <laughs> papers back and forth to each other here. This is a, I, I don't want to butcher this poor guy's name. Um, I wish Alan was here because Alan could um, pronounce this. Um, so this is Alexei Arkhipov. Okay, I, w- I was going to get that right, Alexei Arkhipov, and he had published this article back in 1995, a search for alien artifacts on the moon. Um, abstract: The moon is an attractor for alien artifacts, hence the search for alien artifacts on the moon. And he calls it Sam S A A M, which is short for Search for Alien Artifacts on the Moon, is a promising, unique project developed by research institute of anomalous phenomenon gotta love those acronyms (laughs) in uh, introduction in recent years interest has grown among researchers in the search for traces of extraterrestrial intelligence within the solar system it has been shown earlier within the time of existence of our planet approximately 10 to the fourth power stars capable of having inhabited planets approached by the sun to distances with within one PC, which is one part, uh, 1.5 parsecs. Such distances can be covered by space probes, even at present day level of science and technology. These researchers have, have, have chiefly contracted with a search for 
artifacts that are in orbit of Earth or asteroids. It seems that the list should also include the moon. Also, the thing is, is like the Black Knight satellite, which was one of the topics of one of the earliest episodes Walt and I had done. People had said that the Black Knight satellite is actually an ancient artifact that changes and it moves out of the way when one of our, you know, one of our orbiters try to approach it. That's kind of like getting off the beaten path here as, as far as what we're talking about, as far as we're talking about like alien artifacts just on the moon. Right. I mean, it's an, it's an interesting idea and it's an interesting theory, but it gets back to my earlier point going back and you look at George Leonard's book, somebody else's on the moon where he documents two things simultaneously. He documented the fact that, yes, there is evidence that something is on the moon. We're not going to speculate who or what it is. We're just going to assume that it's alien life. But one of the things that he also covered in this book is the massive cover-up, which gets back to an earlier point. Is human society ready to deal with this? Is, is, Is our society ready to deal with the fact that there's quote, something else on the moon, quote, unquote. Or there is evidence of life very, very close by. And what would that, what would well, that do, mean, what would that do to science and religion? Well, it depends on the nature of the life, right? So, for example, if alien life is found on the moon, like as in there is a base on the moon used by an intelligent extraterrestrial species for observational purposes of the earth a lot of people on the earth like specifically the people who have been abducted and things like that are going to be like fucking told you right so that's one thing the other thing is it depends on the nature of the contact as well so if we just see the thing and there's no one in it that's going to be handled completely differently by the public you know but if it's something that indicates that it was a, I don't know, like a, a lunar. All right. So, sorry, my mind kind of changed tactics here. On yeah, me. go for uh, it. Um, it happens. It happens to me all the time. And here's, right, here's the other right. thing. This is a difficult. This is why we drink. This is a difficult <laughs> topic to wrap your brain around. Well, it is. I mean, first of all, there's the conspiracy theories that the Nazis landed on the moon, right? Second of all, what if an ancient civilization, hundreds of thousands of years old, was able to land a co- and colonize the moon on the dark side of the moon, and that colony was able to exist in perpetuity? So we would land on the moon, explore the dark side of the moon, only to find an ancient Earth civilization still in existence on the moon. Or the remnants thereof. And how would that be accepted by the intelligentsia and the academics on Earth, right? So now you also have to realize that in true conspiracy fashion, the only people that would really know are the people who work for the fucking government. Mm -hmm. That we increasingly have less and less trust of, according to polls. So is the government going to be the one that tells all of the colleges and universities and the entire archaeology of the world, by the way, y'all missing shit. Or are they more likely 
to go to them on the sly and say, look, you're missing stuff. When you haven't released this to the public, what do you think? How should we proceed from here? That seems more likely to me to be what happens. And we'd see a lot more different – well, either the archaeological community would be like, all right, let's, let's, con- let's go through some of our archives and see if we find any evidence of it here on Earth so that we can reinforce this. Or are they going to be like, you can't tell anybody. We have no other evidence for this. There's, there's nothing anywhere to support this at all. And we're not going to allow Graham Hancock to be fucking right. Fuck that asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Forget Cra- that seems more likely to me. There, there, there are well, three people. There- the archaeological community does not like Graham Hancock. Oh, He's absolutely not. Local critic. Just like they didn't like Richard, Dan- uh, what's his name? Um, not Richard, uh, Danigan. What's oh, Eric Von Donigan. Eric Von Donigan. Thank you. You know, they didn't like him. So the last thing the academic archaeological community is going to want to do is say, <laughs> yeah, those assholes were right, right? Because a human ego, they're just not going to want to. So if they find evidence of an ancient archaeological, an ancient civilization that reached the moon, you can be damn sure we're not going to hear about it. The government's going to go to the intellectuals first because that's what they do. The intellectuals are going to want to cover their asses because that's what they do. Not because they're evil, because they're human. Humans, in general, do not like admitting they're wrong. They don't. No. Everyone knows this. Whether we want to admit it or not is a different question. But the truth of the matter is we don't necessarily like admitting that, you know, everything we've been telling you since we started doing archaeological digs in Egypt in the 1920s and 1930s, everything we've told you is a lie. Yeah. But we didn't know it at the time. We were going on our best guesses. We now have new archaeological evidence. I think most of humanity would be okay with that and not denigrate the archaeological community very much because they're reevaluating based on new evidence. However, people being people, the archaeological community is probably not going to want to admit that. We don't want to admit that we're wrong on anything, even if there is new evidence of it. So... This reminds me of push- I think yeah go yeah, ahead go ahead no this reminds no, me ahead. of pushback that I got when I published a link to the article that I wrote about Phil Copen's book the uh, ancient civilization enigma and I had mm-hmm. said that if what Phil Copen's is theorizing is true along with people like Eric von Donigan then this means that everything that we think we know about human evolution, history, is, is all wrong or it's incomplete. And the pushback that I got in, of all places, in Indiana Jones Forum was, to me, shocking. Because wouldn't you like the idea of there being actual, real, lost, advanced civilizations on Earth to talk about and discuss and explore? Or do you just want to play dress up and talk about the same four, soon to be five goddamn movies over and over and over again? How many times can well, you ha- go ahead? Well, well, I mean, this is a rant that you've gone on before. And I'm going to stop you kind of before you, you, you get too much momentum behind it. <laughs> because that, well, you're not the larger wrong. question is, are, is 
how many people are willing to deal with everything they've been taught being incorrect. They're going to see a lot of people are going to see it as they lied to us. Well, they're not they didn't lie to you because they didn't know. They lied they they just didn't know, so they told you what they knew or what they thought, right? So a lot of people are going to view it that way. There's going to be a I think a significant portion of the population, although a minority, who's going to view it as what it is. New information, so now we have to reevaluate all of our previous theories. You know, did Atlantis exist? I think is going to be the biggest fucking question that comes up. You know, if we find evidence of an ancient Earth civilization on the moon, that's going to be question number one. Well, what about Atlantis? Does this is this evidence that Atlantis actually existed? That's going to be a big question. And how much did our ancient forebears really know about those ancient civilizations, right? We're going to start relooking and reexamining the origin, the oral tradition of origin stories from all of these ancient civilizations. The Egyptians said they learned from the elders. What about the seven sages in their various forms that exist in various civilizations across the earth where everything that they learned they were taught by older people are they going to start re-looking at like places like pumapunku and um uh gobekli tepe yeah yeah yeah. gobleki tepe where especially like machu picchu where the older foundational formations of the of the megaliths are actually suggestive of a higher technology than the more recent ones are they going to re-examine all of that all of that would make sense if they get some compelling some evidence that's compelling enough that they're willing to do all of that all of that stuff is going to now be re-examined and they're going to look at it in a different light based on this new evidence i mean they even acknowledge the new evidence though here's an idea yeah that i would like to entertain Mm-hmm. What would prevent the Chinese government from saying, hey, people of Earth, this is what we've discovered on the moon. First and foremost, we discovered it and we're letting all of you know about it. This is a huge achievement for the, the, the communist Chinese government. Mm-hmm. Second of all. Here on my left hand side is the mountain of evidence that proves that the uh, the Europeans and the Americans Western civilization, Western governments knew about this and they conspired to keep this from the American people. What would keep them from doing that? Nothing. Nothing at all except for the international community then going, yeah, and COVID came across in the fucking wet market, meat market, across the street from the laboratory that was actually doing gain-of-function research on coronaviruses. It would get back to that, wouldn't it? Because the thing is, is like, because the thing is, is that, oh, okay, yeah, we lied about this. What about what you have lied about? And it was just like, is that going to move the science forward? Or is it just going to start? Is it going to start an international pissing match? About you lied about this. Granted, we lied about this. So Dr. D and and I were actually talking about this earlier. Um, The truth of the matter is things have gotten so acrimonious in our public discourse. You see it in the conversations like between children and parents 
my kids talk to me in a way I never would have spoken to my parents when I was their age. Just, just they don't. You know, there's there's in many ways a lack of respect or a redefining of what respect is, right? And, you know, sometimes it bothers me most of the times, I mean, whatever. Right. Right. But now you're looking at our public discourse. We have a Congress that is so divided, they haven't done anything productive in the past 15 years because they are so divided. They are spending the majority of their time blaming the other party and less trying to find common ground with any of them. So if you ask me, if China says, we have evidence that um, the Western world has been lying to you, the, the great Chinese government has found the smoking gun of proof that there were ancient civilizations on Earth capable of reaching the moon, and here it is. The first thing that's going to happen is, yeah, and we're supposed to believe you? What are your death numbers from COVID? What are the real death numbers from COVID? That's crazy. That's not wrong, though. No, it's because it, it makes sense. That's what's going to happen, right? Now, there's going to be people like you and me who are like, yeah, the Chinese government lies about a lot of shit. But what if they're telling the truth about this? You and I are going to be people that are going to ask that question, right? Because that's what we do. We ask those questions all the damn time. Yeah. Yeah, they lied about that. But what if they're not lying about this? No one is always lying. And no one is always telling the truth, right? No one is 100% a liar or 100% telling the truth. So what if China is telling the truth about this? Yes, they lied about COVID. Yes, they lied about that. But so our government has also lied about like the JFK assassination and they've lied about various other things. So <laughs> I don't trust our government any more than I trust the Chinese government. Well, maybe I do trust them a little bit more than I trust the Chinese government, but I don't trust either one. Really. I don't. I, I, hard, I hardly trust any of them at all. Um, and it was just like as soon as you said JFK assassination, there's this little audible hallucination that I had. It says, must not rant about. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because that's incidental to the conversation. But, but, the but truth he, of the matter is we have a lot of reasons to not fully trust anything the Chinese government says. We have a lot of reasons to not fully trust anything our own government says. We have a lot of reasons to not trust Europe, period, whether you're talking about government or the people. We have a lot of reasons not to trust any of these larger organizations. We have a lot of reasons to not trust what the – especially the academic archaeological community is saying, right? They know there's a void underneath the Sphinx, but they're not exploring it. Right. There's a yeah. lot of things that have sown mistrust and distrust. And our current societal outlook is very confrontational and distrustful of each other. So if there was evidence, if the jade rabbit was not really a rock and instead it was an ancient monolith, that was built on the moon out of lunar rocks by a civilization that existed previously on the earth and they find metal artifacts they find plastic artifacts that can be reliably carbon dated to hundreds of thousands of years ago these government first of all are they going to tell us because they know damn well that they've been lying to us you know are they having meetings in beijing right now going what do we do about this 
they're not going to believe us. Look at fucking COVID. Look at how people will not believe that Apollo 11 actually landed on the moon. How many how many people do we have on Facebook who belong to groups that say that a the earth is flat and B we never landed on the moon. Right. Those are the first people to say, oh, the Chinese people are making making up this this nonsense about alien artifacts on the moon. Would you like to say something? Oh, but that and but that's just it, though. I mean, right now I've got the theme song to the television show Psych running through my head. I know you know that I'm not telling the truth. That's what the Chinese government is thinking. If this is not the jade, if the jade rabbit is actually what they saw on the horizon, they there's like I said, they didn't give us enough supporting information for us to be easily. Oh, okay, believe that. Lunar Day versus Earth Day. That could be a mistranslation. This could very well be what it was that they saw, right? Or it could be something completely different, right? So who the hell knows? But if they find something like that on the moon, are they going to reach out to the U.S. government and be like, look, you got to land on the moon and go here, and then we'll do a joint release of what we're seeing because you guys aren't going to believe us. So you need to go and find out for yourself. Would they even do that? Could you imagine, though, if China and the U.S. The U.S. lands on the moon and we do we go and we explore the area that China explored and then NASA and the Chinese space agency both releases a press release saying, yeah, look at this shit. No, we don't know what the fuck it means either. But, yeah. <laughs> Who's to say that they haven't shit. had these secret meetings yet? I would almost they may say be that, having them now. We don't know. And the Olympics is just a front. <laughs> well, don't even get started on the Olympics. But anyway, I, who's nobody's watching the Olympics? And but here's here's where the mud on our face comes in, because you know I did this this Google search on Google and DuckDuckGo. Did you know that there is an actual? I'm trying to get um. Journal of Space Exploration, and they actually published a paper on this exact topic that we're talking about. No. <laughs> well, whose fault is that? I'm going to blame. Well, it's our fault. I mean, you know, I was going to blame someone else, but no, it's us. We there are there are all these scientific journals out there that I'm going to be publishing on the group page and as a part of this article. Or part of the, the 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 show page, the show notes of how the deeper I go, all of these prestigious institutions, um, Harvard, Yale, Oxford, Stanford are all publishing these papers or had published these papers in the last 40 years. We should be taking a closer look at the moon. How do we and this is how I'm going to end the show. How do we know that they're just looking for ice on the lunar south pole? We don't. We don't. And then there's an article that I'm going to link to, whereas um, one of the astronauts who was piloting the command module for Apollo 15 took all of these photographs, tried to share them with the rest of the world, and he was shut down by NASA and the, and the, and the United States government. See, that doesn't surprise me. 
But that but that also shocks me a little bit. What was the point in going to the moon? The point of going to the moon was to prove to the Soviets we can land a missile anywhere, including the frickin' moon. If we can land right. a missile on the moon, imagine how easy it is for us to land a missile in downtown Moscow. On the Kremlin. On example. the Kremlin. Okay? The other thing is, is it's scientific exploration. Whatever is on the moon, we're going to share with the American people and the people of the rest of the world. Then you have this astronaut right. who took these photographs of weird shit on the moon, and they silenced him. Well, people aren't ready for that. Are people ready for it now, though? I think people are less ready for it now. Are they? Than they because... were 52 years ago. So I'm going to call, do a callback to previous episodes we've done where we've talked about why are they releasing all this information about um, the Navy playing tag with, ancient, with UFOs. I don't think they have a choice. I don't think they have a choice. I think the evidence is now so overwhelming. Yeah, but at the same time, though, if they're releasing that, why wouldn't they release this? That is a really scary, interesting question. Because I, I think that the time is now. For the, for the government to come out and say, we're really not in charge of this planet. <laughs> we're, not the, we're not the absolute bosses of this planet. Right. And anyone who thinks about it seriously is like, well, no shit. Mother Nature's in charge, right? Okay. So, so now here's, here's the thing, right? Let's, let's take off the conspiracy theory hat and just do put on the tinfoil hat and do a really fucking deep dive into this. For right. Just a brief moment, right? You've seen the movie The Abyss. Yes, I have. Right? What if there are aliens or ancient life form, right? And to borrow a theme from comic books, Atlantis did sink beneath the waves, and it is a thriving civilization of super science that exists on the very deepest trenches of the Earth's crust underneath the oceans. And some of these artifacts that they're going to find on the moon are going to indicate that. Some of the UFOs that we're seeing are actually from the Earth itself, from an ancient, highly evolved, highly technological civilization that's our science is just barely beginning to catch up with enough for us to actually notice them. Because wasn't it wasn't it Asimov who suggested that a sufficiently advanced technology would be indistinguishable from magic? Was that Asimov or something? I, I think that was Ray Bradbury. And a lot Ray of other Bradbury, Yeah, a, a lot of science fiction authors have also like regurgitated that in their own way, including I believe Harlan Ellison. Um Right. Now but still, what if, if you instead of thinking it in terms of magic, if their technology is sufficiently advanced where they can fool our technology, except now our technology is starting to get to the, the edges where they're like, okay, let's let them see us. They're landing on the moon. They're exploring where we had a colony there. Had or has. Or maybe they do have. If they're capable of hiding their, their existence from us because they're so advanced – Who's to say they haven't been ferrying scientists or whomever on and off the moon over the course of our entire civilization's history dating back to the pre-Egyptian times? I think that that would be a very scary moment in human history. 
where human beings would have to admit we are not the pinnacle of evolution. We're a couple of rungs down the food chain. And I don't want to get into that crazy Twilight Zone episode. It's not crazy. It's actually brilliant. But the 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 idea that's like um, to serve man is a cookbook. I don't want to get into like when I say food chain, I got to be careful when I say that. But as far as the hierarchy of the universe, even our own solar system, if it turns out that we are not the most intelligent or the most um, powerful beings in our own solar system, that could be a really great thing or that could be a really horrible thing. And I'm not sure which. But again, it all boils down to the whole, um, the way they present themselves to us, right? Like we've talked about before, basically, in, in you look at all of the ancient, ancient stories, uh, traditions told throughout the earth, everything from the Assyrians to the uh, Babylonians, ancient enough uh, cultures on what is now China, the Americas, there seems to be some sort of conflict between beings under the sea and beings in the sky, right? If you look at the old ancient Babylonian and Assyri- ancient Assyrian carvings and stuff, there's people wearing fish suits and there's people wearing bird suits complete with wings, right? In the ancient Native American traditions, you have the concept of the underwater panthers or the horned serpents and the thunderbirds, right? And in ancient China or the the Vedic texts of ancient India, right? You've got these images of what look like what people look to be piloting flying craft. What if all of those are true? And we're going to find out that there was an ancient war between aliens coming from outer space fighting with the super technologies of the Earth from a previous ancient civilization like Atlantis. And there was an uneasy truce where they said, okay, we won't, we will, we will hold a ceasefire that will last 100,000 years. And if you look at the ancient kings list from Sumeria, some of these people supposedly ruled for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? Even in the Bible, in in the Old Testament of the Bible, there's claims that Noah was, you know, well over 100 years old when he built the ark, right? So who's to say that mankind hasn't devolved to an extent so that our lifespans are not that long? And we did have these ancient technologies available to us. Atlantis was real. It was a super advanced technological civilization. And it sank because it fought a war with aliens from outer space. And the thing that they're finding at the South Pole is a result of Atlantean outpost on the moon. Or maybe the moon itself is artificial and was created to keep an eye on alien visitors. This is what happens when I put on my tinfoil hat. Yeah. There's, there's, there's so many things that are going on through it, through my head. Like I wanted to just go back for a second here discussing the episode that Walt Schnabel and I did for the metaphysical connection episode uh, 84. And by the way, I'm sorry for all the noise in the background. My, my family is actually preparing for lunch right now. Um, Yeah. The Three Faces of Carl Sagan. On this week's episode, Walt Schnabel, Jim Loretta, and Eric Renderkingfisk start the show by talking about strange artifacts on the moon. 
NASA losing dozens of rolls of film from the Apollo mission and the strange footage of something refueling itself by tapping into the sun. Then Walt and Eric talk about the book, The the Sagan Conspiracy by Donald E. Zygotus. I'm going to, if I mispronounce that name, take a shot, and its implications. What does the book change? What does the book change or how does the book change the way we see Carl Sagan and his public persona and, and his beliefs about the cons- possibility of Earth being visited ages ago? We also talk about his relationship with SETI, Frank Drake, and the alleged face on Mars. Now, I looked up this guy, Donald L. Zygotist. I'm just like, like I said, take another shot. Maybe we should stop that game because maybe, maybe we're responsible for the, um, um, the liver disease here in the Western speaking world because of that, that drinking game. Um, I Possibly, just, or, I, you know, Kraken, call us. <laughs> <laughs> I just did a, a, a search for this guy's name on Facebook and I'm going to do it again. I'm going to Facebook and it's like we are like one of three people who are actually talking about this. If you actually look up the this author's name, our our podcast episode is the only thing that you you find on this on this guy's name or on this guy's book. You just do a search for the author. And that's all What's that comes up. It? Who's the author? I'm, I'm sending you the link right now. This is like this is one of the reasons why I am such a conspiracy theorist. Why aren't more people talking about this guy? How come more people aren't talking about his book and Carl Sagan's original theories on the topic of of ancient alien artifacts? It could be that he's full of well, shit. I was on Coast to Coast AM too. Yeah, but that's can, do, do you do you see anything else? Yeah, I don't see anything from us. I see Amazon. I see Goodreads. I'm doing a DuckDuckGo search. The Sagan oh no, I, I was I was searching Facebook. I, I just searched Facebook. Oh, I'm, all right. Well, I'll search Facebook. I like searching Facebook. Yeah. That's the only thing that comes up. I mean, the, the, the question is, is that how come we're not, how come people weren't lining up to, to, to talk to this guy? Out of all the podcasts out there I could find, it was like, we're the top one. <laughs> and that's a little scary. <laughs> we're the only ones talking oh, yes about this know. shit. <laughs> We're either on the cutting edge, Jay, or we are embarrassingly bad because we're the only ones talking about this stuff. Right. Oh, man. We're either on the fringe or on the cutting edge. No matter how you slice it, we're out there. We are either on the fringe or we're on the cutting edge. Hmm, that, nope. sound, that, sounds, like, hey, that sounds like a new slogan. <laughs> I, I'm going to steal that. So, um, final, do you have any final thoughts on this? Do you think that this is a topic that we're going to have to revisit? And it's like, how do we, how do we get in touch with this guy? I I think it's, this is something we're definitely after going to, going to have to come back to. I I completely, totally agree. And I would, I think that what we're going to actually have to explore more is the articles that I have uncovered just in the just in in the like the past 24 hours all of these documents all of these professional peer reviewed papers I, I i assume or papers that have been submitted for peer review and and dig into this further i think it's like and and 
you know, and I and I'm happy that we took this break from politics. I'm happy that Me we too. took. I, I even even though that more and more people are coming around to the fact that the lab leak hypothesis is actually more of a theory than a hypothesis, and lab leak hypothesis is now lab leak fact. That's right, that's right. exciting. But but this. This has far more reaching complications, and th- and this gives me the kind of goosebumps that I actually like. But I would I would be interested in, in discussing with our listeners: Is there a global conspiracy to keep this all of this under wraps? And what would it take for some people, you know, in certain governments, whether it's our own government or the or the Chinese government or the or the um, the parliament on the island of Tongaloo? would be the first to say, you know what? No, we're not going to play this game anymore. We're, we're going to be the ones that push for disclosure. What would disclosure mean for all of us in the United States and the rest of the world? And, and um, what, would ha- what would happen to religion and the economy and philosophy and technology? Because yeah. I think that it's like if there's a sudden push, we need to go and find out what's going on on the far side of the moon. I think we would see an, an explosion in knowledge and science and technology that this world has has not seen in decades but but what if that also becomes the impetus for us actually starting to unite right i think that that what if that exploration that that drive for well shit let's find out what the fuck's going on with this actually causes us to start putting away our differences I could actually make the argument, and I don't want to get into this for too much longer because i'm going to get <laughs> i'm going to start getting this stink eye um yeah because it's 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 lunchtime for me and the Pony Palace. Um, I think that that by us discovering our true nature and our true place in the universe would probably bring us together, and we could probably avoid World War Three that is starting to cook in the Ukraine. So yeah, it's an interesting topic. I cannot wait to revisit this, and I think that we should do more paranormal topics. Um, this starting from now. I think that I think that I completely agree. All right, Jason, thank you so much for an awesome podcast. And I cannot wait to hear what our listeners have to say about this, including our super fans. Absolutely. Um, Especially the super fans, especially Deanna, who really wanted this episode. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Eric. Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Thor Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, FedoraChronicle at Google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash FedoraChronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. 
can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at Zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by Olive Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2020. All rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renner King Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on. <laughs>